Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, I have a very special guest with us. I have Trent Murray. Hey there, Trent. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? It's a beautiful sunny day in Las Vegas. How about yourself? I can't complain. Wonderful. All right, Trent. So I don't like a lot of fluff on this show. So why don't we begin by just uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a senior writer with the Esports Observer, also working with the Sports Business Journal, focused on the business side of esports, uh, currently living in North Carolina, uh, actually just moved into a brand new apartment. So it's been a, a wild week. Uh, but yeah, so I, my focus is on the business side of esports, covering sponsorships, investments, all those sort of things. Been a, a professional writer in esports, uh, freelance and full time on and off since about 2013. Very cool. All right. I, I really want to talk to you because I don't meet a lot of people who know the business side of gaming or esports. So it's gonna be really cool. Um, before we do that, though, I start every interview with a single question. So I'm going to ask you just like I ask everybody else on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high. How weird are you, Trent? Uh, I think that answer has changed over time for sure, because uh, certainly all of the interests that I have used to be extremely weird. And then Marvel decided to make comic book movies super cool. And then everyone was like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons is actually a really cool thing that hot actors play. And oh, have you seen this anime One Piece? It's like the most popular thing that's ever happened. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd say I used to be probably like an eight. And now everything that I liked back before it was cool is now super basic. So maybe I'm more like a five or, or a six. I love that answer. <laughs> All right. Um, now this is the gamer premier podcast. So I do need your gaming cred before we kind of get into the, the meat and potatoes. When did you first start playing video games, Trent? As far back as I can remember, I've had every console since the Super Nintendo. Uh, I remember Duck Hunt back with the light gun uh, and everything. I, I sound like I'm ancient, but gaming has evolved so quickly that you know, 10 years ago is, is ancient times. Um, but yeah, as far back as I can remember, I've had a console, I've been gaming forever. Um, it's, it's always been a, a really important part of my life. Sure. We call that the, the before times, the before mm -hmm. the PS2. <laughs> uh, um, what do you play now, if anything? I recently got back into World of Warcraft, uh, which was maybe not the best thing for me to do for my own productivity, but it's been really great. Uh, I have a lot of fond memories of in college playing WoW and uh, have been away from the game for a number of years. I'm really excited to be digging back into it right now. Okay, Horde or Alliance? Uh, Horde now, I used to be Alliance. Okay, I won't hold that against you. How you how you liking it? How you liking Shadowlands? Did you like join a guild or whatever? Because I have not joined a guild in like three years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my my favorite thing to do in all of video games is to tank bosses in dungeons in World of Warcraft. So I got pretty quickly back into raiding. I was a raid leader back in college. Uh, that's that's basically the only thing I ever want to do in gaming. But real uh, unless you're a, a professional race to world first player, real life tends to prevent you from devoting all gaming time to that. But uh, I've, I've managed to find a pretty good balance now um, and have a very patient and loving wife who allows me a couple nights a week to uh, get back in there and, and stand in front of giant monsters for other people to have fun. I, I wish I had the same patience in my spouse. <laughs> okay, um, one, more, one more question, then we'll get to the business stuff. Uh, if you had to pick one game as your all time favorite, which one is it and why? Uh, it's probably World of Warcraft just because of the 
way that it allows you to create fun. I think there's a lot of video games you could say in, in, in the Mario Zelda world that you know are really high quality video games and maybe better video games than WoW. But the way that you know me and a couple of buddies with absolutely no plan for what we're gonna do for the evening can either take the game extremely seriously and go raid and progress or screw around in an entry level town with no shirt on dancing in front of a mailbox there, there's just so many different ways that either you as your, yourself or you with your friends can can play the game. And for me personally, I don't think I have better gaming memories than I do of my time in college playing WoW with my friends and, and finding ways to have fun together. For sure. I wrote a whole book on it. I am right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Trent, let's, let's get over to the business part. Um, can you begin by maybe giving us your professional background and like how did you get to where you're at today? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I went to school originally thinking I was going to be an English teacher, realized very quickly that that system is not for me and ended up walking out of school with a communications degree and not really knowing what I wanted to do, kind of fell backwards into sales for a while. Uh, and then after World of Warcraft, I got into League of Legends and started following, you know, I wanted to get better at the game, started watching TSM's videos on how to play League of Legends better, realized that they had a professional competitive team that competed in tournaments and uh, started watching that a little bit. And then after watching the League of Legends World Championship the first year, realized that, you know, esports is incredible. I have to be a part of it and started doing anything that I could to get involved in esports from coaching to writing and other things and just slowly over time have developed my contacts in the industry through freelance writing blogging uh consulting for teams and, and some of those sorts of things before eventually landing at the esports observer in 2018 and i've been here full-time ever since then fantastic and, and what's your role with the esports observer so I'm a senior writer, so my focus is daily news, interviews, coming up with content series. Uh, actually, this week as we're recording this, uh, Monday was International Women's Day, and so we have an entire week-long series of content focused on highlighting women that are doing exceptional work in the esports industry. And so my job was spearheading that, coordinating all of the different uh, writers, uh, contributors, making sure we had the right photos and social media going on and everything like that. So it's it's a good mix of a lot of different things that keep me busy. Beautiful. Now, um, I want to go back to uh, the prior question, because you had said that you did anything you possibly could to get into the esports industry. And I have a lot of audience who are interested in that path, right? They, they want to get into esports. They're just not certain where or how. What, what kind of you know, action steps would you recommend to someone who's looking to do it, maybe follow in your footsteps? Yeah, so I think the thing to understand about gaming, especially, it's both a, a, an extreme positive and it can be a very dangerous thing if you're not protecting yourself, is that this is an industry 100% fueled by passion. You know, we as gamers love gaming. It's a huge part of our identity. It's where we find so much of our joy. And so people in the esports and gaming industry are fueled by that same passion and love for gaming, which means that they're willing to do whatever it takes to just be a part of it. And that was very much me early on. I went out to probably 10 different websites and just sent them a message saying, hey, if you allow my name to be on your website, I will write you tournament recaps every single weekend for free just so that I've got somewhere that I've got my content out there so that then I can go to somebody that actually has money and say, hey, look, I've proven I can do this. 
pay me money to do this. And that is pretty much most people that got their start in esports five or 10 years ago will have a, the same story. They started for free doing something to prove that they could do it and eventually found someone willing to give the money to do it. And so obviously some things about that have changed now that there's more investment money coming into esports, now that there's actual, you know, college degrees you can get in esports that have varying levels of value. But the number one thing, if, if you are truly passionate and, and have a burning desire to get into esports and gaming, the best advice I can give anybody is start right now doing something that you can do that solves a need for somebody, probably do it for free until somebody is willing to pay you or you have the quality and experience of work to demand compensation. Wonderful. I love that answer. However, I, I'd like to point out that there are tons of people probably already doing that and they're not working as senior writers for the Esports Observer. So I'd like to ask you, because like you, you like managed to weave your way through and, uh, and up to this position. What makes you different? What makes you special from all those other people who are, who are grinding it out, but maybe not able to get there? I think one of the things that sets me apart from a lot of people in the esports and gaming space is a diversity of knowledge of different games. So I think a lot of people, when they start in esports and gaming, it's because they fell in love with one game. You know, they really love Counter-Strike. And so they want to write guides for Counter-Strike. And then they want to be on an esports team for Counter-Strike. And maybe they'll go find a, a, a writing gig just about Counter-Strike and Counter-Strike's the only game that they know. But very early on, you know, I start. I started in League of Legends, and as soon as my first paid writing gig in League of Legends dried up, I immediately went to a little game nobody's ever heard of called Infinite Crisis, and was writing content for the developer that was making Infinite Crisis and coaching a team in Infinite Crisis. Then I went to a different game and another game. And even if I wasn't writing about certain games, made sure I knew what are the biggest games right now? What is the conversation that people are having about different games? What's the next big thing that's going to happen? And how can I be one of the people that's an expert in that area? And I think that's something that is a big weakness for a lot of people in esports is that they're too narrowly focused on getting deep on one game without going broad in their awareness. Uh, because even if you want to just focus on one game, knowing where that game sits in the landscape, being able to borrow the skills and resources that other games have and the expertise that other games can give you in any field that you're in, broadening that understanding is going to be valuable. Fantastic. Okay. Now, um, you work at a business publication focused on esports, and it's it's really rare that there's anybody talking about the business side of that industry. How are you getting the information that you're writing about? Like, where where are you guys looking for this stuff? So the Esports Observer, since we've been around for a while, we're very fortunate to have contacts built up with a lot of different companies in the esports industry. And because, as you said, there's not a lot of dedicated business outlets covering esports, companies, brands, investors want that information out there. So a lot of the time they're willing to send us their announcements ahead of time so that we can write about them. So we get a good portion of our daily news sent directly to us through email that we don't actually have to go out and find. And then a lot of our time, in addition to that, is spent 
talking to sources, developing contacts, building relationships. You know, journalism is very much like sales and that it's all networking. It's all who you know. It, it's about cultivating those relationships so that people are willing to talk to you and tell you about information before it becomes public so that you can then investigate it, build a story around it. Uh, but I think also something that's really important to understand, especially for anyone looking to go into esports, is esports is you know, it is a baby compared to any other entertainment industry and even more so to the people with money. The investors from outside, the sponsors from outside of the space are still brand new to esports. So a lot of our work, in addition to covering the daily news, is in educating people that are coming into the space about the space. So it's writing interviews, it's explaining trends, explaining terms, uh, doing, you know, feature work that provides more of that information beyond the what and into the why. Okay, beautiful. What's something that you find most interesting about one, your position and two, esports? The greatest thing about both is that it's going to change tomorrow. The, the rules that we learned in 2019 went out the door in 2020. And that's even if you ignore a pandemic happening. Uh, you know, every single year there's a brand new game that's either going to completely change the face of esports or be really popular for a month and then die out completely. And so there's always something new to learn. There's always something new changing the landscape, new lessons to be learned. And so as a journalist, it's really exciting because every single day I wake up and that could be the day that my job completely changes uh, because Epic Games decided to put $10 million into a Fortnite tournament. Uh, or it could just be a Tuesday. And I really haven't had all that many, oh, it's just a Tuesdays in the three years that I've been here. Uh, all right. Um, what, in your personal opinion, is the biggest challenge facing this industry? I think it's that same thing of education. It's getting a lot better. You know, people are starting to recognize the value of esports, the way that just digital consumption is changing, the, the way that people especially younger people consume entertainment is completely different from the way they did a decade ago. And esports is right at the center of that, but it's still getting past some of those barriers with people that don't get it. And especially people that are older that maybe remember, you know, we, we all remember the Jack Thompson's of the world fighting against Grand Theft Auto being a thing and how dangerous video games were. And there's still a lot of that. The Olympics is a perfect example that there's been a lot of discussion about bringing esports to the Olympics. But one of the big resistances to that has been all of the popular esports involve either some form of the term kill being a key component of their gameplay or they involve guns. And there's a lot of, you know, barrier to that from people that aren't familiar with the gaming space that we still have to overcome to bring in investors, bring in new sponsors, all of those things. Certainly. Okay, Trent, I'd like to get a little more personal if possible. Uh, I'd like you to hop in a time machine with me. All right, we're going to go back in time to back when you were in college thinking that you wanted to teach students English, right? And you're going to get to go up to little Trent back then. You get to tell him all of the ups and downs, all the good and the bad. You get to impart all of the wisdom and knowledge that you've gotten over the years. You get to tell him his path if he wants to continue down that path, or you can tell him what he needs to know in order to make his life bigger, faster, stronger, better, more profitable. But if there was one thing he absolutely had to know what would that one thing be oh gosh um 
It's very tough because I, I think all of the mistakes and failures and challenges that I've been through, there's no way my life would be what it is today without those, uh, you know, without World of Warcraft, it wouldn't have led me, you know, World of Warcraft took a lot from me. Uh, it, it, there's, there's a lot of people that can share the struggles with world, you know, gaming addiction is, is a fairly recent conversation, uh, given any credence, but world of Warcraft in particular has all of the structures in it to really get its hooks into somebody. We used to call it Warcraft. Um, yeah. And it's, and it certainly happened to me. And so you could say, Hey, you need to build some systems around yourself to really avoid that. But even despite all of the the challenges that were created in my life because of spending too much time in WoW, it brought me my closest friends and some of my fondest memories with them. And without that experience, I probably would not have met my wife. I probably would not have had you know, moved into PC gaming the way that I did, which is where all of the biggest esports are. Um, so I think you know, spend less money on fast food would maybe be the only thing that I would recommend changing. Because if I if I try to correct anything else, I don't think I'm sitting here today. And sure. I, I like where I'm at way too much to to risk that. Okay. I, I actually, I really do appreciate that answer. Uh, kind of on a related note, you see, Trent, I actually believe that we learn the most of our life from our failures, not necessarily our successes. Because when you succeed the first time you try something, you may not quite realize what happened. You're just like, hey, I did it, right? But if you fail, you got to figure out what went wrong. You got to be able to correct it. And, you know, as someone who's rated, you you know this, you, you smacked your face against bosses many, many times, I'm sure. But I'd like to ask you, what do you consider your biggest failure in life? And what did you learn from it? Yeah, so I think uh, early on in my esports career, what I thought I wanted to do was be a coach for professional teams, uh, you know, helping them improve their individual play, organize practices, those sorts of things. And I started doing that and was never really able to break into the upper tier. I was coaching amateur teams, and a lot of times those teams would fall apart before they could reach the next level of, you know, of play to where a career could eventually become something that came out of that. And I'm actually really grateful for that failure because one, it just taught me a lot about myself and what I want out of a career and those sorts of things. But it also, I think, as I said before, having that broad approach and understanding of esports, I think has been extremely valuable for me in my career and being a coach requires you to do the exact opposite it requires you to really narrow in on a single thing. And I think if I had gotten, you know, just a little bit more successful as a coach, I would have kept trying to pursue that and it wouldn't have equipped me with the broad range of knowledge that I have now that I think long-term is going to pay out for me much better in developing a long-term career. Okay, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, on the flip side, what's something you're working to improve on yourself today? I want to continue to improve on sort of long-range planning, I think, as a journalist uh, and, and as a writer. One of the things, because we're a news outlet, you get really caught into the day-to-day news and it's very easy to just stay focused on okay i write everything that's current today and then i'm going to write everything that's current tomorrow and i think there's a lot more opportunity that i have with the the knowledge and the context that i have to be thinking more long term and to be working on content that 
you know, is going to take three or four months to develop, but then can turn into something really great and not just keep getting so focused on the day to day. I, I was actually going to ask, when are we going to start seeing the investigative journalism side of the esports world? There's definitely a lot, some of that going on right now. There are a, a number of great writers. Our own uh, Kevin Hitt actually has put out an, a number of really great investigative pieces uh, in the last year, year and a half. But I think that's also something that's just going to continue to develop as esports continues to develop. It's like anything else with esports. Most of the most seasoned journalists in esports didn't start out planning to be journalists aren't coming from, you know, there, there's nobody with 30 years of experience writing about esports because esports hasn't existed for 30 years. So it's just going to take time as we continue to grow, as the industry continues to grow, as both the writers and the industry itself learn what investigative journalism means for the space, how, you know, developing those best practices. So that we're, we're definitely on the track for that. There are a number of very talented writers that have been working hard in the space and bringing uh, that sort of content, uh, but it's, it's only going to continue to grow more widespread as our pool continues to develop. Fantastic. All right. Um, I have a nuts and bolts question. Say someone wants to become a writer. Where, where do they turn to learn that craft rather than just practice? Because there's, there's certain rules in doing journalistic writing versus creative writing, like shorter sentences, more to the point kind of stuff. Like where, where mm -hmm. do you, where do you learn that stuff? The best way that you can learn it is to have somebody edit your work. Uh, Honestly, I think there's a lot of just me personally, I did not go to a writing school or get a journalism degree or any of those things. So I know those have been valuable for other people, but me personally, I can't effectively make those recommendations because that's not uh, been my process and my process and everything has really been learned by doing learn by failing. Um, and so I think the the ways that I have learned the best and improved as a writer are doing it every single day even when you're not being paid to. I had a blog that I made sure something went up on basically every day before I had a full-time gig in writing. Uh, and that will just naturally improve your ability to generate ideas, to produce, and then having someone edit your content will open your eyes to things you had no idea you were doing, little ticks in your and habits that you have that you didn't realize that you were doing. And there's, you know, there's only so much that you can get out of self-reflection, which is extremely valuable, but especially in writing, you, you need the perspective of somebody else that has some degree of expertise looking at your work. Okay. On the uh, getting paid side, like you're, you're salaried now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How, how do writers get paid generally until they get to the salaried position? It's freelance. Uh, you're going to go out to different outlets and pitch stories, uh, especially in esports. You can still most likely find places that you can offer your services to. I've done so a number of times for smaller game developers that don't have, you know, salaried writers on their staff that maybe want a one-off story or an interview that they can publish for PR for themselves, especially if they're starting to do esports, uh, if they want, you know, interviews with their own pro players to boost up SEO for their esport, um, you know, really anything in getting a job in esports is identifying where something is not happening and you have the ability to solve that problem and convincing somebody that it's a problem that needs need solving.
Very cool. All right, Trent, this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much. How do people find you? Where are you on social media, contact information, all that, please? Absolutely. Yeah. Most of my information will be on my Twitter, which is at Trent underscore esports. And then obviously keep an eye on the esports on esportsobserver.com, which is where all of our content will go every day. Uh, I'm up there writing every single day. Uh, and you know, keep an eye out. We're, we're continuing to do great stuff and we've got a lot of exciting content coming in the future. Beautiful. All right. Now, as we wrap this up, do you have any final thoughts you want to share or anything I didn't ask you think we still need to cover? Uh, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and uh, bring more light to the work of esports journalists. It's a field that I think is really exciting and I hope to see more people coming into the space and, and pushing us forward. Absolutely. All right, Trent, thank you so much for coming out. I genuinely do appreciate it. Absolutely. This has been a blast. All right. And for everybody else, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer, be a gamerpreneur.